Hi, everybody. It's episode 26 of the Always Loyal Podcast. Jordan Carruth, what do we have to look forward to? Hi, Darren Smith. Uh, a lot to discuss this week on the podcast. A 3-0 win Monday Night Football at Torero Stadium. It looked like a lot of fun. Three points for Loyal in the win. Also, we're going to be chatting it up with Matt Hall. He's the assistant coach, goalkeeper coach. He's the primary coach with Loyal Select. Also, we'll get the latest with the table. You know, some playoff chances. You want to talk playoff odds? Let's do that. All coming up on the Always Loyal Podcast. Señoras y señores, en 3, 2, 1. All right, let's get it going. Let me just start with this. At some point, this had to be said over the span of this episode of the Always Loyal Podcast. Stone Buena Mesa, salt and lime lager, brewed with real lime, touch of sea salt, Jordan, as you know. You and I both know very well. It was delicious on a Monday night watching a 3-0 win, watching Loyal pick up three points against Colorado Springs switchbacks. It tasted even better. The taste of victory at Torero Stadium on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this podcast is actually brought to you by uh, Buena Vesa because that's what I'm drinking during the episode today. And I know it's not a visual. It's a podcast. I get it. But um, on our call right now, my backdrop is a massive Buena Vesa massive. can. It's just a zoomed-in photo of one of the cans we had on Match Day Live. I think it was from last season. But anyway, I think it's a perfect backdrop. Doesn't matter. It's a pod. Darren, uh, it's going to be a fun pod today. I'm excited to chat it up with Matt Hall. I'm also excited to talk about the 3-0 win from Monday night. Yeah, this was a bizarre one, especially for one that wasn't on the calendar. It wasn't on the schedule. This was a makeup from a match that was supposed to be played. I want to say it was May 14th. You might remember that. Loyal was in the middle of this ridiculous stretch where it was playing every week, sometimes twice a week playing away from Torero Stadium, the schedule makers, very bizarre. Then they had this lone oasis of a home match scheduled against Colorado Springs. The week of just a couple of days before that match gets postponed. Maybe it would be rescheduled. Maybe it wouldn't. There was some sort of situation here, health situation, which I don't want to downplay. We're still very much dealing with COVID in our lives. And if Colorado Springs had a little bit of an outbreak and the league thought, well, We'll give them an opportunity to postpone this and reschedule this match for somewhere down the road, and so be it. We've seen other situations where the league wasn't so lenient with clubs dealing with COVID situations, but for whatever reason, they decided that that match would be postponed. So there it was. It was rescheduled Monday night, 18th of July. Not many Monday matches, Jordan, in our history. We'll say what a beautiful night it was at Torero Stadium. I'm not even kidding when I say how great the Buena Vista tasted. It was a picture-perfect night. And then as you're on your way into Torero Stadium, you see this rather bizarre social media post from Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Club statement, players, staff, 
have been Warriors the past few weeks as they fought through a heavy schedule and multiple serious and chronic injuries. Team is once again facing an outbreak of injury and illness after a tight turnaround. They played on Friday night and will be playing with a compromised team. We covet and value your support as a switchback fan as we face another unexpected challenge on the pitch tonight. What? What was that? Like three, four hours before you were set to kick off at Torero Stadium. Uh, it was a very unusual. I've never seen anything like that. Have you? Never. I've, in any sport. Like I across the board. I, I haven't seen that. It surprised me. My first thought was whose idea was this? Was it the like does a head coach come up with this? Is it is it a marketing person that comes up with this? Is, I can't imagine it's just the social media manager who gets gets to put together a club statement. I mean, a club statement usually requires multiple people from the club. So the, the fact that multiple people thought that was a good idea is, is surprising to me. Uh, it caught me off guard. I don't know if that, I would imagine that message found its way inside the loyal locker room before the game during warmups. They at least had to have been, I don't know how much they actually thought about it or even cared about it. I would imagine they only gave it a second thought. Um, but I would imagine that one second they thought about it when they got, when they heard about it before the match, they'd be like, really? Okay. I, I could promise you it probably didn't make them feel less confident going into the match. I would say so. I mean, I guess it was eight matches in 33 days, somewhere in that range, but that comes across as organizationally soft. And I think it comes across as weak and it comes across as we are going to make this excuse before we even arrive at Torero stadium what should be one of the premier matchups for the USL championship, a second v third place matchup in the Western conference sort of had, had some of the air taken out of it by the statement, but you know what it made me think of Jordan. It made me think about the night that we drove up to Carson where we recorded a podcast watching a U.S. open cup match between loyal and LA galaxy, not galaxy Two, not Los dose, but LA galaxy. And I remember when you and I were in the suite, we were in the loyal suite and we saw five starters walk through the door in street clothes. And did loyal ever once give any indication, Hey guys, let's get our excuses out there ahead of everybody before we actually have to play this match, knowing that they have Chicharito coming over the bench and all their first team players are eligible to play. No, like, like that just came across to me as raving the white flag before he even set foot on the pitch. And you know, whether there was any sort of uh, back channeling going on with Colorado Springs trying to, to get the match postponed again, or whether they were sending up some sort of distress signal for everybody else in the USL championship, I have no idea. I can only imagine, to your point, how that was received inside of the loyal dressing room. But uh, I'm glad we're affiliated with a club that doesn't do that sort of stuff, that doesn't come out and make those kind of excuses several hours. Now, they did have to play some really, really good players. Haji Barry had to play. He's the reigning league MVP. He was out there. They were shorthanded. They only had one sub in the match. When they showed their squad, they had 11 starters and one bench player. So, yeah, they were dealing with some stuff, but people deal with stuff. That's part of sports. That's part of what you have to, to do. That's just part of managing your situation. And then, of course, they went out there, eight yellow cards, two reds, taking out Kyle Vassell. I don't know how you saw that play. I know how I saw it sitting inside of Torero Stadium. Didn't like it at all from Christian Herrera, the goalkeeper for Colorado Springs. Hopefully, Vassell not going to be too hurt. Kind of chippy, kind of dirty, I thought. That play, other plays as well. But all in all, end of the match, three points, and a lot of respect for Loyal. A lot of respect lost for Colorado Springs.
Yeah, it, it should have been a really big stage, bright lights, Monday night football at Torero Stadium with two of the best teams out West. And instead you got a team that had already had already said they were going to lose. Uh, one of my first reactions to that as well was just like, who are you talking to? Like, who who is this message for? Is it is this the message to your team? Is this the message to your fans? Like, is this the message to loyal? Like, is this, do you want San Diego fans to know this before they, they pack Torero stadium and start making some noise um, when everyone in the league is going to be tuning in and watching this game because it stands, it stands alone on a Monday night. I, I just, that was my main question. Like, who are you talking to? Like, who are you, who are you trying to get this message across to? I would be surprised if that was their first attempt to me. It's, it, it seemed like they didn't want to play that night clearly, mm -hmm. right? Like they didn't want to, they just didn't want to play that night. I would imagine they put up a, a bigger effort, um, to not play that night more so than just a social media post. I have no idea at what length they were willing to go, but if they were willing to go to the lengths of a social media post and a club statement, the way that they did, I would imagine they at least made some effort beyond that um, to try to, to shuffle that game um, being, from being played last night, but either way it was played and it's, it's three nil to San Diego. It's three points. We'll update the standings a little bit later on, but what it was, was a fun night at Torero stadium, an opportunity to get together and, uh, and a win. So things are, things are looking good. It was a good, good start to the week for San Diego. Yeah. Not to dwell on Colorado Springs, this entire podcast, but it was Mickey mouse. And if you felt that strongly about it, guys, just forfeit, the result would have been the same. Anyway, it would have been a three and no loss. Anyhow, that said, uh, it didn't seem to impact loyal's performance. I thought loyal played great. I thought we saw some stuff. We saw some step overs. We saw some back heels. We saw a little bit of sizzle. We saw a little bit of razzle dazzle, saw some volley, saw some really, really good goals. I had a colleague of mine who came to his very first loyal match, had a blast, saw two of the better goals. I think that we've seen all season long. I mentioned the match was kind of chippy here. I guess Colorado Springs sort of backed into a corner where it had no other route to play other than the B uh, bit. Oh, what's the word? Dirty. But you know, Loyal, I thought, for its part, played great. Guido played great. Jack Blake played great. Uh, Thomas Among had played great. So no saves, no official saves. We'll probably joke about that with Matt Hall, who is the goalkeeper coach for San Diego Loyal. But Coke Vegas gets a clean sheet. And all in all, it was a beautiful night, perfect weather. And I'm not kidding when I tell you the Buena Vista tasted so good on a Monday night at Torero Stadium watching Loyal pick up three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's been a lot of opportunities lately here in the summer. Uh, to get out there. And it's been nice to see the attendance continue to rise uh, for loyal. Like locals mm -hmm. have been really, really good. Chavos have been very good. Uh, photos look amazing on social and, uh, and on TV, those kits. I was, I was joking about this early on. And I know, I think we've at least referenced it with a few different people like the Siempre Liao kits. Um, they're still my favorite kits. I know they're not the primary, but they are my favorite kits. And uh, I think they look the best on TV. They, they pop on television, mm. um, especially on those, especially when you're playing under the lights. So I, it just, the club looks good. It's playing good right now. And they're in good, good spot in the standings and still got plenty of matches to go before we can really dive into any kind of postseason setup chatter, but um, they're in a good spot right now. No doubt. Also, I would say too, the club is two for two and it's halftime entertainment because watching Kaleo from pepper, a couple of weeks back, Rossi Rock, our guest last week on the Always Loyal podcast, repping Chula Vista in South Bay. That was phenomenal. It sounded great. It looked great. Took a couple of quick pictures there. You could see him, his image on the screen at Torero Stadium. Again, it was just a perfect, perfect night 
this Saturday upcoming against RGV seven o'clock looking forward to that as well. But I wasn't really sure what to expect because it wasn't on the calendar Monday right. night makeup game. Who knows where is everybody at? People are traveling all across in the summer months. So I was very impressed with that turnout. And I love it too, just being in the situation that we're in this season, Jordan, being able to sit in the stands, you pick up on different conversations and people know who the players are. I brought some friends. They were commenting on how geared up everybody was. People buying merch, wearing merch, going to the match, repping San Diego. So, man, it just uh, it, it, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal night. And looking forward to the next one already on Saturday. That, that is an interesting point. I don't know if we've talked about that. The how I think the way you said it is how geared up everyone was. Mm -hmm. You really don't walk around that stadium and see a lot of street clothes. Right. It's some form of either kit, sweater, shirt. I mean, we can go. Well, I'll, I'll tell you who pointed but that out. You just to me. don't see like a lot of just, Hey, this is what yeah. I grabbed out of my closet and I showed up. Right. And, and, you know, the person who pointed it out to me was, was somebody who I'd gone to the game with a friend of ours who used to work for the Padres who would notice such things mm. when she was working for the Padres. Cause you would yes. walk around the concourses, either at Qualcomm stadium or a Petco park. And she worked in both. And she had said that, you know, so one of the things that a professional, somebody who spent years working for a pro sports team noticed was how geared up everybody was, whether it was different jerseys, whether it was Charlie kits or Adidas kits or whether it was anything that you could buy at the shop. So that was not my observation. That's not my backdoor way of trying to sell stuff. That was an observation observation made by a friend of ours who we went to the match with, who just had a great time, thought it was a tremendous presentation and, and made one of those observations, which I really took with me as well. Did this friend happen to throw a, uh, a party in Cooperstown the year that Trevor Hoffman was inducted into the hall of fame? That would be correct. Okay. Jordan. That would wanna, be correct. I this friend, absolutely. And add this friend to the list of people who go to these matches and are thoroughly captivated by Alejandro Guido short shorts. <laughs> give the man what he wants um, give the man what he wants give him some short shorts yes absolutely uh no you just got to keep it going this it's a good bit you just got to keep it riding this way uh we, we referenced it a little bit earlier and darren you made reference to the fact that not a lot of saves were needed at all monday night uh matt hall the goalkeeper coach for loyal assistant coach and also the, the primary coach for loyal selects uh, who are off to an amazing start to their season. It's a season that runs May through October. Um, they are six matches in. They have five wins, one draw, zero losses. They're off to a good start. There's a lot of different things to chat it up with, with Matt Hall. Uh, he's been around San Diego for a long time. He has uh, experience coaching over at San Diego State, experience for a few years now with San Diego Loyal. Um, he, he knows the soccer scene in San Diego quite well. So uh, it's going to be fun to chat it up with Matt Hall, talk about the season, talk about loyal select and talk about just all things San Diego. Matt Hall coming up next. San Diego Community Power is a not-for-profit public agency committed to providing clean, renewable energy at competitive rates and investing in innovative programs that benefit our communities. You can visit sdcommunitypower.org to learn more about cleaner energy choices. Dino with the left foot off the post. Set back in. So Especially with those three guys up top. Here's the cell. Going back the other way. Herrera's at to it. Push him on Open net. Fires away. Need new shades? Live life in forward motion with Blender's Eyewear. They unite bold colors with proven performance, creating epically spicy style. And for a limited time only, you can use 
code LOYAL20 for 20% off your next purchase. Trust us, life's better blended. Well, here he is. He's Matt Hall, assistant coach, goalkeepers coach, primary coach for Loyal Select, which we look forward to speaking about here. Matt Hall, always our pleasure. Thanks for joining the Always Loyal podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Well, we uh, always thank you for your time. Now, we're recording on a Tuesday, and we're just coming off a 3-0 win against Colorado Springs Switchbacks. You're a great coach. You got to love it when the goalkeeping coach can show up the next day. Uh, your goalkeeper's so good, he didn't even have a save in the match because there was not even a shot on target. You got to love days like that. Yeah, as a former goalkeeper, I don't, I don't know if there's a it's, – it's nice to have a shutout where you're grinding, but it's also nice to – to have a night uh, that's a little more casual. So I'm sure Koke appreciated that. I'm sure as well. Could you like just speaking in generality, so for uh, an overarching question, not necessarily about Koke, but but also very much about Koke, what impact can a goalkeeper have on a match, especially playing for Loyal, beyond saves, just beyond the saves themselves, which are how you make the highlight reels, right? Whether it's penalty kicks or what have you. But what what's the impact that a keeper can have for you? Yeah, of course. I think there's a couple couple of avenues to that. I think just in general, like you know, I think the person behind everyone um, is is really driving force on whether the team has you know confidence to play. Um, you know, if if they have confidence in the keeper, it kind of just like disseminates through the group. So I, I think that that's a big piece of the goalkeeper part is um, just creating that environment where. Um, they're just making everyone in front of them confident because they, they believe in them, um, going to different dynamic. You know, it, I think a lot of it also depends on the style of play of teams. Um, you know, we're a very ball oriented group and we do a lot with our goalkeeper with his feet. Um, you know, so irrespective of saves, like we rely on Koke, um, to do a lot for us on the ball and, and it alleviates a lot of pressure for other players. Um, and he's just really, really so good and, and composed on the ball. And it just really helps us out and build up. Uh, you mentioned it was a pretty casual night for Coke Vegas Monday night against Colorado Springs. It was a pretty physical match. Uh, is that what it felt like, seemed like from where you were standing? Of course, of course. You know, I think uh, any match of that magnitude with players that are competitive as these men are, um, are are a lot of times ending up that, I mean, you're, you're talking about a game that, you know, is got a ton of playoff implications, um, you know, so, you know, it got, it got spicy, um, which is, is what you'd expect. I mean, there's, there's 22 players out there that just trying to win a game. And sometimes it looks like that. Recently, we had the news that Austin Guerrero and the club parting ways, you had a chance to work with Austin Guerrero for, for quite a while here with San Diego. Uh, can you talk about your time working with Austin Guerrero and what he meant to the club? Of course, um, depends on how, how far back you want me to go. Um, how far I, back do you want to go? <laughs> I've known Austin since he was probably a freshman in high school. Um, so, you know, when I worked at San Diego State, he was on our recruiting list. Um, he's someone that, that I always watched, always liked as a goalkeeper, um, always had a relationship with him and his family. Um, obviously, part of he went, he went to Portland. Uh, so, you know, during college, didn't, didn't know him that much. Um, but you know, he's always a guy that, that I've known, I've always kind of followed his career. And then I got lucky enough that when Loyal started, um, he showed up and 
Uh, I've just been blessed to have worked with him since we started. I mean, he's, he's someone that I came in every day and worked with and, you know, we fed off of each other's energy and just created a really, really great atmosphere to work in. Um, and he, he's someone that is just like a true ambassador of the club. So, um, you know, I've, I've been, been blessed to have worked with him and I'll, I'll miss it. So talking about your relationship with Austin, now working with Koke Vegas and his performance Monday night and what we've seen this season, what, what is your relationship? I know it's new. You don't go, you, you didn't know Koke Vegas when he was a freshman in high school, but no, no. what's your relationship like with him? Oh, Koke's Koke's great. Um, it's, it's pretty funny. You know, I, I coached college soccer most of my life. So you get, you get 18 year old players, right. And, and it's totally different, you know, and I, I show up in this environment and, you know, my first year, all of a sudden I'm, I'm coaching John Kimpin from the MLS and then Trey Muse from the MLS. And it's just all these, these, these personalities are so much different than the guys you're dealing in college. And, you know, the, in the off season, we were talking about acquiring Koke and I'm like, you know, like kind of like sitting here, Oh my gosh, we're getting a goalkeeper from La Liga. Like, what is that going to look like? You know? So um, you know, it was, uh, it was something that was, it was really good for me because it kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, and I had no idea what he was going to be like and he got here and he's fantastic. I mean, he works his butt off. Um, he's got an amazing personality. He's funny. He's witty. Um, we don't, <laughs> we don't speak a lot because, uh, we speak different languages. Uh, but, but we're getting there. And, and despite that, like we have a really, really positive working relationship. He's, he's been great to work with. And I was going to ask about that, uh, Matt, because, you know, obviously football, soccer is the language, right? You know, so, so you guys train and you get to know each other and, you know, there's that familiarity. But every once in a while, I'll see a Grant Stallman talking to Koke or I'll see, and I always go to think to myself while I'm watching. Now, I wonder which one of them speaks Spanish or which one of them speaks English. And oftentimes, you know, they will have played with other teammates who, who spoke different languages, but just in terms of having to establish communication, it's such an important part of playing from the back, especially the way you all play. What has that aspect been like with Koke part of your squad, just making sure that everybody understands each yeah. other here in the heat of the moment. Yeah, we, uh, we, in, in general terms, we're pretty good, you know, like the broad stuff, we can figure each other out. Um, I speak a little bit. He speaks a little bit um, with the more intricate stuff. Um, we kind of just rely on, you know, players like Guido to, to help, um, to be honest, Landon speaks amazing Spanish. So like his ability to converse with Koke has been really important. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's obviously some, some language barriers and probably some things that get missed because of language. Um, but it, it hasn't been much of an impediment and his English gets better all the time. And, um, we're, we're, uh, we're figuring each other out and I don't, I don't, I haven't seen too many issues. Um, other than every, you know, we, we try to get him to call keeper, but he, he calls he says, yo, all the time. And sometimes that confuses the guys, but, um, but he's, he's been, he's been getting better and it's been, it's been good. Uh, I also, he's a pretty tough guy too, isn't he? I, I really appreciated what he did, uh, against Los Dos at home. I mean, you, you know, you guys are, are taking a beating. And uh, did not like it when some of the Los Dos players started taunting some of the, the supporters in the crowd. I, I really appreciated that from Coke Vegas, that it wasn't just about him. It was about those players that he, you know, he really sort of got in somebody's face and made sure that he, they knew he was unhappy with what it was that they were doing to our supporters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
there, there's pieces that probably that don't get picked up on the on the broadcast, but um, it, there's things like, like that that have proven him to be an amazing teammate. Um, even even at like four zero five zero, like he's getting scored on and running up to midfield and like rallying the troops and, and encouraging them to go score a goal. You know, things like that that probably not everyone sees, but that, that we do. And you know, it's been it's been really important. And th- those things you know, are, are, are things that are flourishing now. When, when he started, obviously that, that wasn't, that wasn't prevalent, but now um, that he's getting comfortable, his, his leadership's really starting to come out. Matt, we wanted to chat about loyal select. Um, obviously the assistant coach and goalkeeper coach with San Diego loyal, but you play a major role with loyal select as well. Uh, off to a great start to that season, five wins and a draw. What, what has been the key to success? Why is it working so well? man i mean we have we have we have good players you know like <laughs> I'd, I'd love i'd love to take some 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 of the uh you know some of the accolades for that but in reality like we're just we're just a really talented group of players um the culture is good they care about each other um they they care about the brand then they just go out and work hard you know and, and when you have talent and they work hard for each other you know usually the the dominoes fall in place and um, we, we have, we have, uh, you know, you know, it hasn't been perfect and we, we've got maybe a little bit lucky here and there as far as our results go. Um, but overall, like we're in a really good place and it's because the guys have, have worked really hard and deserve it. You bring up the, the word culture. I'm always curious about how it works because you're dealing with players at a certain age that have a bunch of different priorities going on. And so like finding the balance of like where, loyal select, I guess, would fall on like where their priorities are. Um, what has that been like and how challenging is that for you to kind of, to coach and navigate? Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been really fun to be honest, you know, like, like every, everyone coaches for different reasons, you know, everyone, like there's, there's the, the Renaissance, you know, like people who were who just, tactically crazy they love the game and it's like soccer is an orchestra um you know i just i love creating culture and creating team and putting pieces together um and and watching it watching it unfold you know what i mean and um like that that's a big piece of what we do because we only work with them once a week so it's not like i can totally restructure how they play or or redefine the tactics of what they do um i just have to make sure they're a team you know, so like that's that's kind of the emphasis of what I do, um, and we do a lot of like good training, and, and they they get better as players. Um, you know, you know, but once a week, it's really about like getting them bought into what we do and who we are, and um, just making sure we're in line with what the first team's doing. And it's it's uh it's really fun to be a part of. And, and previous experience, and I guess current experience as well. You know, beyond your time spent with Loyal. That makes you, uh, one would think on the surface, uniquely qualified for dealing with loyal select and given their ages, et cetera. M- maybe, maybe not, but how does previous experience working at a university level and, and certainly having uh, dealt with, with players uh, pre, before turning professional, you know, how, does, how right. does that play a role in what it is that you're doing today? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, w- I was at San Diego State for 20 years. Um, I've run a youth club. Um, up in North County Vista Storm for uh, probably about eight years now. Um, and I, I've coached 
six year old, six year olds in that club. I've coached the oldest groups. Um, most of my career has been at college, you know, and, and that's, you know, like that collegiately, that's what you do every year. You know what I mean? You, you get, you may, you may have a core of whatever 12 players returning, but every year you have 10 to 12 new players, new faces, and you have to like, in three months, you have to get them all to work together. You know what I mean? And get them all to like understand what their job and what their role is. Um, you know, so, so I've never even thought about that to be honest, but I, I think that is an interesting point, you know, like in college, that is reasonably what you do every year. And plus, I mean, do I have this right? You know, that, that maybe a little bit of a mix between, you know, what loyal select is all about and, and responsibilities on the first team is the backup keeper. Now we just talked a little bit about Austin Guerrero is the backup keeper currently a 15 year old Duran free. Is that right? That is correct. I don't know how many people realize this, Jordan, that the current backup keeper for San Diego loyal is a 15 year old. Can you tell us a little bit about him? I would love to, um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much and get this all going to this young man's head, to be honest. Um, but he is, he's, he's a special talent. Um, and he's, he's someone that the club believes in and, you know, he's, she's, he's worked really hard over the last year. He's evolved tremendously. And, and if you came out and watched him train with the first team, you would have no idea he's 15. Um, but yes, he, he is 15. He, I think he just finished his freshman year in high school. Um, and he is exceptionally talented. Del Norte high school, correct? Correct. Yeah. That's amazing. I, again, yeah. I don't, I don't know, Jordan, how many people might, might realize that as well. What, what would you see like high ceiling, long range impact for loyal select, you know, like, like what sort of impact realistically, Matt, can, can this have on local youth, local talent, the soccer community abroad in San Diego? Well, that's, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, it, it depends on if it, if it stays in its current format or if it evolves. Um, I'm, I'm assuming at some point it's going to evolve into something larger than what it is now. Um, but it, but even in, in, in its current form, you know, like, some of the things that are really great for, for what we do is like last year we had a group of players and I think probably eight of them ended up going playing division one soccer last year. And, and, you know, like I'm, I'm sitting on the sideline, you know, coaching an OC at OC last year, the final year game of the year. And there was, there was 12 college coaches that are watching that game, you know? So um, we're creating an environment to, to help these kids get better in life, which is important. Um, and, and for the, for the special few that like are the right ones, um, they're all like moving into the first team fold, you know? So like every year we're creating an environment where two or three of the, um, loyal select players are moving into the first team and training as academy players. Um, you know, and, and who knows what that ends up, you know, maybe a couple of them end up signing with the first team as pros someday. Maybe they move on and have pro career somewhere else. Um, but it is, it's, it's been, it's been significant for them and it's um, helping grow and develop them. It's helping grow loyalty in our community because all these players like love our brand and love being a part of this. Um, you know, so it is, it is significant. And, and I do think in due time, it's going to be 
even even greater than what it is now, and and the the product's going to be um, very significant. Uh, Loyal Select, very much part of the soccer scene now in San Diego. And my my last question for you, Matt, is just kind of you're a perfect person to ask this because of your time with San Diego State, your time now with San Diego Loyal, and then just your history here here in San Diego. How do you describe the scene, the soccer scene in San Diego to people maybe not inside the market? If people are curious, you have friends outside or I don't know. How do you when people ask you about soccer in town, how do you usually answer that question? That's a great question. That, that, that's continually uh, evolving. Um, you know, the, the youth scene changes every couple of years. Um, you know, and, and I think what we're doing with, with Select is, you know, is, is showing, you know, the quality that players in San Diego or the quality that players in San Diego have. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, like, we're, we're having players involved with Loyal Select. Um, and we're doing very well in the Academy League. Um, you know, so I, I think it's like turning some heads with with the players' abilities in our county um, on a bigger scale of, you know, like playing soccer at the highest level in San Diego. You know, like I just, I continually like see the, the crowd evolve at, at Torero Stadium. You know, like a year ago, it was, it was solid crowds and it was fun. Now it's like the crowds are getting bigger. They're way more educated, um, you know, like, like it's just such an amazing, like culture to be a part of. And um, like, I, I just, you know, as someone that grew up in San Diego and, and never saw anything like this, you know, to be candid, I didn't, I didn't know that this was ever going to exist in San Diego. And, and I think it's just, I think it's just the start of it. You know what I mean? And that, that includes what the wave's going to be doing as well. You know, like, I just think that, like the, the dynamic of soccer in San Diego youth as well as pro is just scratching the surface, you know? Um, Cause every, every, every like couple months, what we're doing is getting better and the crowds are getting bigger. And it's just been, it's been like really cool to watch it change and watch it like grow. Mm-hmm. We just had this conversation about how knowledgeable the the fans feel. They know the names of the players. They know who they are. They know a little bit about their history. So we appreciate you certainly saying that as well. My final question for the night, Matt, and uh, you, you know, you sized Jordan and me up a time or two. You know, you know that we're we're pretty, uh, you know, average-looking athletes. Uh, if you gave each of us five penalty kicks against Coke Vegas, how do you think we would do? Five apiece for Jordan and for myself. How do you how do you think uh, we all would would perform against Coke Vegas? I didn't so, know we were going to be doing fun questions like this. I would have prepared something. <laughs> so ten 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 total. Ten. Five for, for me, five for Jordan. I think I think you would each score one. One. Yeah. I I'd, I'd, I'd probably take that. Yeah. I think twenty percent is 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 uh probably fair. Okay. Okay. Here's my one fun question then, since Darren brings the fun. You've been in San Diego forever and the soccer scene forever. I would imagine at some point you've gone down to Tijuana for a match. Of course. Okay. Give us a Tijuana story. Oh right now. Um Shoot, I'm gonna get you're gonna get me in trouble. On this one. We can start with a story if you want to like soften the blow a little bit. I mean, I can't get to, into details, but Darren and I ended up on a in a taxi in the middle of a train track going down the wrong way. We'll end it there. What's your story? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just say I've eaten my fair share of uh, hot dogs on the streets of Tijuana at about three in the morning. Let's just, <laughs> let's just say that. 
There's not they, much better food, quite frankly, <laughs> than a TJ dog at three o'clock in the morning. Right. There's something about that time of day that Absolutely. they do take exponentially better than they right. would if it was three o'clock in the afternoon, right? Totally. Totally yeah. agree. I look forward to the day that Loyal played down at Estadio Caliente. Matt Hall, it's been an absolute pleasure. If anybody, by the way, just listening to wrap up, you know, anybody out there has, uh, uh, you know, wants further information on Loyal Select, how do they find out? Do they just go to sdloyal.com? Yeah, my, all my, uh, my emails are there on the website. Um, the, the process for Loyal Select is very in-depth and, um, you know, it, it's, it's very labor-intensive. Um, but like this, this year I looked at, I, I brought in over 100 players to evaluate for Loyal Select. So I'm always looking. I always want to find the best players in San Diego. I want to always, like, create an environment for players to have this as, as um, you know, an asset. So just please reach out. Matt, we appreciate you. Thank you for doing this. Of course. Thank you guys so much. Baja Bound driving to Mexico. Visit BajaBound.com for the easiest way to get Mexican auto insurance for your trip. Their easy-to-use website allows you to buy your Mexico insurance in minutes from your computer or any mobile device. BajaBound.com, serving Mexico travelers since 1994. Yeah, it would have been a lovely goal as he scores. I mean, he picks it off in his own end and just goes on this 50-yard run. Blake, go back, Paulson! What a rocket! He's going far post all the way and just keeps his head down, drives it. Aaron, let's take a look at the Western Conference standings presented by the Bright app, the world's leading platform for personal training available on the App Store and Google Play. Well, Jordan, it was a big one. It was an impactful one in the Western Conference standings. Still on top, San Antonio, 18 matches in and four points clear on 43 points. Colorado Springs still in second, 39, but Loyal closes the gap. Now down two points. Loyal sitting third, 37 points. New Mexico is fourth. El Paso fifth. Los Dos sixth. And Sacramento Republic rounding out your top seven. Vegas, Oakland, RGV, who we'll see upcoming this Saturday. Phoenix, Orange County, and Monterey Bay, bottom of the Western Conference standings. Over in the East, Lou City still on top, 42 points, followed by Tampa, former uh, opponent of SD Loyal this season. Uh, Darren, early on in the podcast, we would always reference 538, their uh, projections, the probabilities they give each club to make the playoffs, to win uh, the final, so on and so on. We haven't done it for a few weeks, but I did want to bring it up today. This is how we can sneak in some playoff chatter, even though it's too early. Uh, San Diego Loyal, a 95% chance to make the postseason. That number is as high as it's been all year. They put themselves in a very good spot. New Mexico, you bring up right next to San Diego in the standings, right below them, actually. They have a 94% chance of making the postseason. Uh, San Antonio, greater than a 99. Uh, they just haven't made it official. They consider San Antonio the favorite to win it all this year, a 23% chance to win uh, the championship. San Diego sitting with a 5% chance. One thing that I thought was pretty notable, actually, looking down the list, it's, it's teams we've referenced, Orange County, uh, a 4% chance of making the postseason after winning it all last year. Uh, the way they sit a little bit more than halfway through this year is a 4% chance of even qualifying for the postseason. Phoenix Rising, a team that has not picked up a win since May, uh, sitting with a 28% chance of making the postseason. Phoenix Rising. 
I don't know how many people are surprised by this, but I continue to be surprised. I, I you kind of just wait for them to turn it around, um, but it hasn't happened since May. So they're sitting at a 28% chance. Things are looking good for San Diego. As mentioned, 95% chance. That's the latest in the standings. That's and also, Jordan, I think looking ahead too, you can look ahead to RGV upcoming this week, 7 o'clock on Saturday, probably one where you would think heading in, going to be the favorite, expected to pick up three points. And then don't forget to round out and finish off the month of July on a Saturday night with a bus trips being planned from San Diego up to Orange County. Loyal will be taking on the defending champs in their building coming up on July 30th. So I'm hearing all about these bus trips, Jordan. It was a ton of fun to do it last year, even though the result wasn't what anybody wanted. It was still a great time karaokeing on the way home with the locals and Chavos de Loyal. So we'll see what happens this year. But I'm I'm very tempted on July 30th on a Saturday night to head on up there to the fairgrounds to run it back and hopefully return home with a different result than what we saw at the end of last season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, had you asked me about the September schedule at the beginning of the year, I, I would have known San Antonio would have been a difficult opponent, especially since you're going on the road. Uh, but also having Phoenix coming to San Diego right after that, I would have chalked that up as a pretty difficult back to back. And then Las Vegas to follow that that month. Just it looks a little bit different all of mm. a sudden, I guess. It does. Schedules right. change. I'm also glad to see Loyal just bounce back too, from what I think we both agreed last week was probably the worst loss in club history. For, for myriad reasons, obviously the refereeing rescinding Kyle Adams' red card tells you everything you need to know mm -hmm. that we belly ached about last week on the Always Loyal podcast. But how you respond from something that was not just the worst of the season, but perhaps the worst in club history, to me tells you something, even against uh, sort of soft and depleted Colorado Springs side. So, you know, bouncing back and doing so in dominating fashion, 70% possession, et cetera. Uh, just dominating every statistical category that you can you can have to me taught us a little something about this club so happy to see it yeah uh one other note on the schedule now that i'm looking a little bit deeper into it um i think it is notable we bring up some difficult opponents coming up um in august a few in september uh in october the final three games of the regular season those final two games are likely against playoff teams in new mexico and sacramento mm -hmm. and only one of which is on is at home. So uh, it will, those two matches. I mean, I think last year, the last two matches kind of dictated whether you're going to be on the home, uh, be at home or on the road to start the first round of the postseason. So um, you may want to circle October 9 and October 15. All right. Thank you to Matt Hall for joining the Always Loyal podcast. Darren, uh, we'll see you pretty soon. Next match coming up for San Diego against RGV. Yes, and, and do not forget, Stone Buena Vesa, salt and lime lager. Brewed with real lime, Jordan, and a touch of sea salt. And it's a perfect beer for an enjoying in the summer sun. I know it's hot out there. Stone Brewing, proud to be a longtime sponsor of the Surfrider Foundation San Diego chapter dedicated to the protection and enjoyment of the world's oceans, waves, and beaches. That's why for every six-pack of Buena Vesa sold, Stone is donating $2 to Surfrider. Visit find.stonebrewing.com to track down Buena Vesa near you. Do buena, live buena.